This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. That's it? That's it? Wow. Yeah. Thank you, communications. Thank you very much, Daniel. Today, I'm interviewing you. Scary. So... That means I have to ask you the random question. What are you interviewing me about, or is it? We'll find that out later. I'm in control right now. All right. What is your favorite Thanksgiving memory? Favorite Thanksgiving or, memory? Or tradition or something like that. Where Where do you get all full of nostalgia around mm, Thanksgiving? I like me some nostalgia. Um, Thanksgiving um, has not always been the biggest deal for my family. Mm. Um, I'd say Christmas and Easter are a little bit of a bigger, bigger deal for us, but um, but it uh, typically involves loads of food. I fondly remember um, my mother's deviled eggs mm. and the the perfect balance of like the paprika and everything else. I was a egg hound wow. growing up. Is that, like, is that I, a thing? An egg hound? Yeah, I suppose. I'm I'm I like I like eggs and uh deviled eggs are a are a favorite. So uh, I remember those very fondly along with the turkey and all the other stuff. I actually don't really like turkey that much mm. generally, mm. but done well, mm, turkey is hard to beat. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Yeah, and watching the Lions lose typically. Sorry, sure. Chris Bruno. Yeah, it's just part of uh, part, part of, of Thanksgiving tradition. That's right. We all have traditions. Football and deviled eggs. That's great. Well, brother, we're interviewing you about youth ministry. Ooh, what's your official title here at the South I Campus? Am, I am the pastor for youth and family discipleship. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> so why? Uh, so we we typically say that you're the youth pastor tell us about tell us about your title youth and family yeah so i mean at bethlehem um so pastoring youth and families does not mean that uh i get to be the the sanctified kind of glorified teenager although i act like it sometimes probably (laughs) but it means that bethlehem and how we view youth ministry is we see youth and their families as under the care of the youth ministry in such a way that we're not just basically treating youth as kind of their own thing off on their own uh, with just their peer group where uh, Daniel and his group of volunteers solely interact with them. But we're a Bloodbath family together. You're wearing the shirt today. I am. So uh, we we seek to uh, be a blessing to families in the youth ministry. So... Situate that for listeners. You know, there's different philosophies of youth ministry. Situate how Bethlehem thinks about it kind of on the continuum of youth ministry. Sure, sure. So there was a number of years ago, um, and man, I don't remember the guy's name, but probably in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, somebody wrote a Ph.D. dissertation on youth ministry where they kind of created a spectrum. Uh, On one end of the spectrum where... Uh, what was called family integrated ministry, which is, hey, ain't no youth in this space. So the idea of like, hey, we treat youth as their own category, like a demographically targeted ministry, 
just isn't isn't a thing in in family integrated ministry. You're okay. Oh, You're... I'm having a hard time with the accent, no, but that's okay. Uh, it's not an accent. It's just I'm just bringing it out back home. So I think the uh, so family integrated's one end where it's like, hey, we treat families as the unit to which we minister, and youth, uh, we don't necessarily do anything directly with them, just with their families. So that's yep. that's one end. Yep. Uh, then the other end of the spectrum is student focused, which is a little bit more like. Well, families ain't a thing. <laughs> families, I just like seeing you smile and That's laugh, great. Dave. That's, so the, uh, the families, um, or if, if parents are going to be involved in the church's ministry to their kids, it's going to be in like unique or maybe emergency type situations. Yep. But the regular bread and butter of just like what the ministry is about is really about just spending time with students, reaching out to students, et cetera. Um, and not, you know, maybe in some perfunctory ways, um, kind of, uh, connecting with parents, but really more as an option. That's like what 90, 95% of American evangelicalism is probably like. That's, that's generally what youth groups, uh, are like. And then in the middle, so first one family integrated, second one student focused in the middle is varying degrees of what this dissertation called family equipping, which seeks to kind of do both. Mm-hmm. Seeks to say, we're we're equipping both parents and we're equipping students to be faithful Christians, parents to their students, students as children in their homes, and then you know growing adolescents and adults. And Bethlehem is somewhere there in the middle. We're seeking to do do both um, with you know mixed success over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what makes you passionate about it? What's your what's your vision? So if I'm a parent, and I come to you, I said I said Daniel, I'm wondering about youth ministry. What, what do you hope my kids get out of this? What do you your hope da- I What do you hope I get out of this? Yeah, as a your parent? daughter's only a couple years away, Dave. So uh, no, I'm trying. I'm trying to decide right now yeah, if she's going to be Here's a part of youth pitch. group or not. Here's my pitch. <laughs> I know. Um, so uh, I want Iris, Cademan, my son, uh, any kid to come and to exist and grow in spreading a passion for the supremacy of God, for the joy of all peoples. Through Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. In all things? In all things, yes. Through the power that he got me there. So, but particularly for their age range. Yeah. And what that means for the church is the church does that not only for the sake of the nations, all peoples, but for the sake of the generations, those that are growing up in this church and are probably predominantly part of Christian families, which means that... You parents that are asking me, Dave, in this case, you're the primary touch point, the primary person who is responsible under God's sovereign hand for the discipleship of your own kids. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And indeed, our church is not in maybe the directest sense. The church is responsible for discipleship of those that come. There's a particular command given to parents throughout mm-hmm. the New Testament about the nurture and care of their own kids. So what's youth ministry about? It's about coming alongside. And it's about also being uh, another voice in a sea of voices for your kids that hopefully is reinforcing what you're saying at home and as well as equipping you to parent uh, you know, your kids, disciple them towards godliness. Gotcha. So what's uh, how do you do that? 
I mean, how do you, how do you come alongside? How do you, how do you come alongside me as a parent? How do you come alongside Iris, be a voice in her life? What does that actually look like on the ground? Yeah. I mean, there's all, all kinds of different things. I think I could name like three that are just like throughout the seven years, sixth grade through 12th grade. There's a regular touch points, weekly touch points. Sunday is Wednesday is pre-COVID um, where, yeah, there's content, but there's also relationships being built in mm-hmm. classrooms between volunteers that we see as mentoring. They're mentoring. So they're, they're volunteers that come and they don't come just with a, hey, here's the plus one to the lesson over this hour or however long we have with students, but seeking to build relationships for their good long term. Um, to do the the Titus two and the um, first Tim or second Timothy one, these things you know teach to others who will also be faithful. Or Titus two, older women mentoring younger women. Um, so the the way that we see that happening is intergenerationally, in a lot of ways. So uh, not just me up front, but others up front. So that's kind of long term, mm-hmm. shorter shorter term. Um, you know we're. Uh, thinking in terms of particular events and activities. So the the big goals are, um, you know, well, I can talk about the big goals here in a second, but we do retreats um, that are focused on students growing in both their understanding of God and their ability to uh, know God. So, for instance, one thing that we've done ever since I've been here at Bethlehem, uh, back when I was downtown, as well as we do a spiritual disciplines retreat for high schoolers. Hmm. We get away for a night and we, high schoolers get ready. We don't eat anything at this retreat. And we- That's folk, good for COVID, right? Yeah, it's good for COVID right now. Yeah, we'll see if one of these retreats happens in uh, 2021. But we practice the spiritual disciplines, fasting, reading our Bibles, praying. We journal. We talk about sleep as a spiritual discipline. And then we actually try to get a good amount of sleep. Then we break the fast together, uh, usually at a place. So it's a it's a kind of thing whereby we're focusing on the actual commands of Scripture based in the groundedness of who God actually is, and we're saying, students, you're you're on a continuum towards adulthood. We're not going to treat you in a different kind, although there are differences in how adolescents understand and uh, you know. <laughs> fact that we're probably having trying to have a lot more fun than the average adult is here mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're seeing you on a continuum in a direction and you're not fundamentally different in kind than other disciples of Jesus and then just the very like kind of fine touch point of uh, I mean I'm a pastor and I'm constantly available and constantly talking to people on the phone and constantly reaching out and uh, in- including trying to have people in my house mm-hmm. pre-covid of course and mm-hmm. then uh, being at people's houses just that like regular touch point. And in a ministry of our size, somewhere between 50 and 60 students, probably at a church that's about 500-ish people, that's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible for me to be a pastor that oversees that. Larger churches, just it won't work that way as easily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so those three things, Long, long-term, every week, like events, and then just the personal pastoral touch of, reaching out and spending time with families. Gotcha. You said that you had some big ideas. Yeah. So the five big, I mean, it's all kinds of stuff that I could say here, Dave, but there's five big goals that we have for youth here at Bethlehem uh, in their seven years that they're here. We want to see youth grow in their knowledge of and love for God 
through Bible and prayer. We're going to teach them to read the Bible. We're going to go through the Bible and teach them to pray. We're going to pray a lot. We want them to grow in their knowledge of God by becoming baptized and becoming members at our church. That's right. Membership for teenagers is a thing that we like focus on and pay close attention to. Because again, we're seeing students on a continuum in a direction, not different in kind mm-hmm. than other disciples mm-hmm. of Jesus. Um, so we want to see them you know, be convinced that if they're a follower of Jesus, they believe that Jesus is the only son of God. He's the only savior. He's the only one that can grant eternal life. And he's the only Lord, the only one who's worth our entire life allegiance toward. Um, then they should get baptized mm-hmm. because he commanded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And they should become members of a local church because that seems to be the most consistent way that life is lived out. So that's the second one. Third, we want to see every student go on a cross-cultural missions trip. Mm. So if you're a believer in Jesus, we want you to go and partner. Bethlehem has loads of partners all over the world um, where what happens is we don't just send students out to kind of have a religious experience and come home all pumped up. We want to actually help our missionaries and local churches the world over do the ministry that they're already doing. Mm. And so in so doing, we're not having students go and be kind of their own personal hero in their own story. We're helping them see that Jesus is the hero in his story. Mm-hmm. And his story is really big. Mm. It crosses cultures. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping that Iris, in you know, five, six, seven years, is going down to Belize to visit our missionaries, the Sutphins, mm-hmm. and to see them and see what God is doing there, and that her mm. eyes get wider and her heart grows bigger in love for God mm. through that. And the Sutphins are supported. Yeah. Yep. So fourth thing, we're trying to mark an inclusive Christian community, like the church is our community, not only the youth group, but like, hey, youth, you're part of this bigger thing, the church. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. And then fifth, we're trying to have a blast, which you know me, Dave. I like to have a blast. So uh, what's the what's the most what's the most fun thing you've done as a youth group in the last year? Most fun. Oh, most fun. Wow. Um, well, we didn't go to summer camp, unfortunately. But man, winter retreat last year with uh, Gabe Zapata leading and Nick Rowan teaching. Winter retreat was a blast with the broom ball. Uh, no injuries to me this year. Praise God. Uh, That's good. It's, it's like That's a miracle. Good. It's like a miracle. If you're listening to the podcast, the uh, history of Daniel Vizbicki's uh, youth-related personal injuries is long, at long and varied. Um, yeah, so that was great. And I always enjoy the, uh, uh, I mean, so when you speak about fun, you know, there's one end of the spectrum just like, good fun like nerf you know mm-hmm. nerf wars you know up and down the hallways here but man the other end of the spectrum i just got to baptize a student this last sunday yep. those are highlights of my year every year is, is baptizing students we can uh we can tell you're enjoying yourself when you baptize students <laughs> <laughs> scream a little bit perhaps as we as you, as you scream and tell us that we're binge watching baptize yeah binge watching netflix shows have you baptized anybody here yet dave yep a couple people a couple people yep. okay okay Yep. All right. We should have you baptizing students more. I'm, I'm happy to. Good, good. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll preach, p- preach in my wet, my wet robe. Dad, that would be great. Just kind of like bringing all those together. It's a towel. Yeah. Let's put a towel there. Yeah. Okay. Who is, uh, who would you say right now is your favorite student and parent? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, 
my wife. <laughs> I'm, I'm just that's just a just an on-air test of your wisdom. <laughs> my wife and my son, who's you know nine, but basically the youth group mascot. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. On here, that was that was the hidden question that I was waiting for. Yeah, my son is often, even though he's a couple years away, he's often around just because his dad is doing youthy things. So, uh, what's changed? What's been what's been different, and maybe hard during COVID with oh, youth yeah. group? Yeah, um, man, a lot has. I mean, obviously, a lot has changed. We've restricted on the number of people we can have at meetings, the kinds of meetings we can have. Just not being able to see each other is kind of tricky. So in the summer, being outside a lot, we're spread way out in the gym. Um, you know, it was not ideal, but man, it was good. Um, we got rid of our multi-night retreat and did just you know a single day social distanced all outside um, retreat in the fall. Um, and we're probably going to do more of that kind of thing. So definitely, the shape of things has changed. I'd say in general, people are frustrated and lonely. There's a lot of frustration and loneliness. I feel it too. Um, just the inability to personally connect, which is why I think heading into, I mean, this is, uh, what's the date, November the 19th, you know, heading into um, the, gov- the governor's kind of new orders. It's just really important, I think, for students, yes, um, but for everybody, but maybe especially for students and their mental health, it's just people be checking in on them. So that's why we have, you know, volunteers that are committed to regularly reaching out and I'm regular, you know, committed to regularly reaching out Mm -hmm. to parents and students, you know, with parental consent, um, just to hear how they're doing and just to be a sounding board and listen. Um, so it's going to take, it takes a church to raise a, to raise a disciple. Amen. If you're listening and you, you are lonely, or you need help with something, please do reach out to us. We've got people ready and willing. Reach out to Emily Zwicky or Rachel Divig if you want a very quick and helpful response. Anything else? Any any last words about youth ministry that you wish I would have asked you about and I did not do my job well? It's my no, first time no, interviewing. It's, it's fine, and I didn't even give Dave any questions uh, ahead of this. So No notes. Yeah, yeah I think just one other thing that I'd say is that, I mean, youth ministry at Bethlehem and the 10 years I've been here has changed a lot. There's been a lot of um, kind of streams, both in terms of when I was downtown and then now the three campuses kind of being increasingly uh, more autonomous. Um, If you have questions about how we, you know, why we do particular things or how we're going about implementing this, this vision, those five goals I mentioned, and just email me. And when it comes down to it, man, I just want to hear where people are genuinely at and uh, I'm always eager to talk to everybody great thanks for joining us today thanks